Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Abel, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. So as you are aware from the title of this episode, we are watching a zombie movie. Now I know there are tons of zombie movies and TV shows and video games out there these days, but what are some of your favorites? Feel free to message me at EvilQueenSF on Instagram, or visit me on EvilQueenSF.com for all my other contact info. Well, I hope you're all ready for tonight's movie. Enjoy. Tonight we are reviewing my favorite movie, Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Okay, so we open up on a little text at the beginning. Events portrayed in this film are all true. The names are real names of real people and real organizations. We open up on, you need a medical supply? You need it, we got it, none larger. <laughs> it's July 3rd, 1984, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now we are inside the warehouse, and we meet Frank and Freddy, and the boss, Bert. And it's Freddy's first day of work, and Frank is showing him around all the medical supplies. They have skeletons, bedpans, prosthetics, wheelchairs, split dogs, and then the freezer where they keep the fresh cadavers. <laughs> Do they really store cadavers by their head like that? It seems wrong, like, like they're a side of beef. <laughs> I guess they are at that point. Eh, screech cut, and we meet the punks walking down the street. They are so cool. That's who I wanted to be. Shit, that's still who I want to be. <laughs> Cut back to the warehouse, and Freddy asks the worst thing. Frank, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen here? So Frank tells Freddy a little story. I have seen weird things come, and I have seen weird things go. The weirdest thing I ever saw just had to cap it all. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what's that? Let me ask you a question, kid. Did you see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, yeah, that's the one where the corpses start eating the people, right? Sure. What, what about it? Did you know that movie was based on a true case? Oh, come on, you're shitting me, right? I've never been more serious in my life. That's not possible. I mean, they showed zombies taking over the world. They changed it all around. What really happened was, back in 1969 in Pittsburgh at the VA hospital, there was a chemical spill and all that stuff. Jump around as though it was alive. What chemical? 245 trioxin, it's called. It was to kind of spray on marijuana or something. And the Darrow Chemical Company was trying to develop it for the Army. And they told the guy who made the movie that if he told the true story, they'd just soup his ass off. So he changed all the facts around. So what really happened? Well, they closed it all down, see? And the Army shipped all that contaminated dirt and all those dead bodies out and they kept it a secret so how come you know about it what typical army fuck up the transportation department got the orders crossed and they shipped those bodies here instead of the Darrow 
Then Frank asks if he wants to see the corpses in the basement. <laughs> Cue creepy stairs with a wonky step. So Frank opens one of the containers with a viewing window, which seems odd that it would have a glass viewing window, but it's a very effective for this movie. And of course, Freddy asks if these things leak, and Frank says no and slaps one and it immediately pops and sprays 245 trioxin right in their face and then fills the basement. Title card over the melting corpse in the barrel. This opening music is amazing. So we see the gas is sucked up by the ventilation and into the rest of the warehouse and right over the cadaver in the freezer. But it must not be much of a freezer because wouldn't he be frozen and not able to move? I guess it's just a cooler. Eh, whatever. Cut to a very fancy house and it's 4 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And we meet the colonel and his poor wife, Ethel. Hello, dear. How was your day? The usual. Crap. Oh, I'm sorry. What's for dinner? Your favorite, lamb chops. I had them for lunch. <coughs> yes, it's me checking in from station three. It's 1600. Uh, make that 1601 hours. I'll be home all evening. Right. It's nerve-wracking to live around that equipment all the time. They have to be able to reach me 24 hours a day, wherever I am. You know that. Well, that microwave stuff affects my oven. When you find them, you can have the equipment taken out. But when will you find them? Christ, Ethel, I don't know. Maybe we'll never find them. We've been through all this before. They could be anywhere. Cut back to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And all the punks are in a car, and we meet the very hot suicide, played by Mark Venturini. And he is so hot. Oh, my God. Oh, he was also in Friday the 13th Part 5 as Vic. So anyway, so they make it to Freddy's work. Man, what a hideous, ugly place. I like it. It's a statement. Come on, let's go get the prick. No, no, I'm not. He might forget his boss. Well, that's not nice. Yeah, what does he think we are? Weird or something? What time does Freddy get off? Ten o'clock. I ain't sitting here two fucking hours. Oh, well, we could always go drive around. I don't got gas. You want to buy some gas, idiot? I was kidding. We could go fool around in there for a while. You mean that cemetery? Oh, oh let's do that. So they hit the music and party. Cut to the basement. And Freddy and Frank are waking up, and they're both super sick. They see that the barrel is empty, and Frank said the body must have melted when it hit the air. Okay. Back up in the warehouse, they hear a dog. So they go to look for it, and it's one of the split dogs, and he's alive. Then they hear the screaming, and realize the cadaver is alive and pierced. Oh! Oh, Jesus! Jesus! So they don't call the cops. They don't call the army. Who do they call? Well, they call Bert the boss, of course. Cut back to the graveyard, and trash is being trash. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Never. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Try not to think about dying too much. Mm. Well, for me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start fighting and eating me alive. I see. Is that foreshadowing? Hmm. <laughs> 
then trash strips and starts dancing to a very cool Stacy Q song while a couple of guys dance around her with road flares. It's an amazing scene. Cut back to the warehouse, and Bert has a plan to destroy all the evidence, including killing the cadaver. So they open the freezer, and bam, the cadaver runs straight at Bert. But Freddy and Frank wrestle him off and down to the ground, and Bert pickaxe him straight through the head, and it just made the cadaver mad. So then Bert starts to saw the cadaver's head off the body. This scene is great. But the body gets up and just starts stumbling around. <laughs> Time for a new plan. Bert looks across at the mortuary to see if Ernie is in because he has a crematorium. So they're just going to chop up the body and burn it, hopefully. Cut back to the graveyard, and Freddy's girlfriend, the most not-punk punk, is complaining about Trash being naked. But Trash is like, what does it make you nervous? I'm hot. You know, being her. That's one thing that was always weird to me about this uh, movie, was Freddy's girlfriend, Tina, she doesn't really fit in with this group. Maybe she's just going through a phase to make her daddy mad, you know? I don't know. Cut to hot suicide. Scram, wimp! Nobody understands me, you know that? I fucking bust my ass for you guys, and what do I get? You're spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. I like it spooky. I mean, I got something to say, you know? What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Oh, yes. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya? Cut to the mortuary, and we meet Ernie with the mortician, working on a body with old headphones on, as Bert comes in and scares him, so Ernie draws a gun because he couldn't hear him. Okay, I call bullshit. I'm old enough to have lived through many iterations of those kind of headphones, and I don't care how loud you had it, you would hear everything around you. Whatever. Anyway, Bert needs Ernie's help since they have been friends for about 25 years. So Frank and Freddy, who are both looking pretty rough, they bring in a bunch of moving black garbage bags that Bert says are rabid weasels that he needs to burn. Eventually, Bert has to tell Ernie the truth, so he shows him the moving body parts, and one of the hands grabs him, and he freaks out. <laughs> so it's almost 10, so Tina heads over to the warehouse to get Freddy after work. Cut back to the mortuary, and Ernie decides to help, so he fires up the crematorium. All right, let's take care of your problem. Yes, sir. You're going to hold me up a big one. And buddy boy, you're going to get rid of everything for me. Nothing left, is that right? Everything will go. Dust. 
So we see the body parts in the fire and then cut to the smoke coming out of the chimney of the crematorium and it's mixing with the clouds and bam, thunderstorm and the rain all over the cemetery and all over the punks. The punk's skin starts burning and the rain, especially trash, you know, because she's naked. <laughs> then we get a cool scene of the rain soaking into the ground and dripping into the coffin. Ooh, Back to the crematorium. Frank and Freddy are really sick. They look rough. Great makeup effects here, though. So they call for an ambulance, and they tell them that they've been poisoned. Then there's the part where you can hear people banging around in their coffins. It's so cool. And then you see someone digging their way towards the surface. Back to the warehouse, Tina is still looking for Freddy and goes into the basement, sees the barrel, hears a noise, turns around, and the tar man slips out of the corner saying, Brains! Brains! And Tina runs up the stairs, but there is a weak stair and she falls through. Fun fact, the scene where Tina falls through the broken step was done without the actress's knowledge. Director Dan O'Banion had a false step put in while she was at lunch. She wound up banged and bruised as a result. And also, the reason why Tina didn't get up immediately and run in the chase scene is because she actually fell and hurt herself. So then she locks herself in a cabinet as the rest of the punks show up at the warehouse. But the zombie knows how to work the chain and pulley to try and get her out of the cabinet. So the punks hear Tina screaming and run to where she is in the basement. And bam, Tarman gets suicide. <laughs> Boo. But the rest of them escape and they lock the Tarman in the basement. Cut to the ambulance arriving at the embalming room. And the two cute EMTs show up and start looking over Frank and Freddy. Industrial chemical, I think. Something in a tank. What tank? Where? Well, we're, we're not sure. Well, can you find out? I mean, your friends' lives may depend on it. Yeah, well, I can make some phone calls, uh, but I, I can't do that before the morning. Sorry. Let's take some vital signs. Can I buy your stethoscope? What's better? I can't hear anything through mine. Well, are you sure it's the equipment? What do you mean? Well, I'm not getting anything on this either. What do you mean? What's wrong? What's wrong? It's all right. We just need to double check. No blood pressure. No pulse. What do you mean, no blood pressure, no pulse? Shh. Take it easy. Take it easy. What do you have? 70. 70 what? 70 degrees. Well, what's that? Room temperature. Want me for a second? I want to talk to you. What are you guys saying? What are you guys saying? You have no pulse. Your blood pressure is zero over zero. You have no pupillary response. No reflexes. Your temperature is seventy degrees. What does that mean? Well, it's a puzzle. Because technically, you're not alive, except you're conscious. So we don't know what it means. You say we're dead? Well, let's not jump to Are you saying we're dead? Look, obviously I didn't mean you were really dead. Dead people don't move around and talk. So the punks, after they barricade the tarman in the basement, they run over to the mortuary while more cool music plays. And once in the graveyard, they hear noises and see that iconic, mostly skeleton zombie coming out of his grave. So they all just scatter as more bodies are coming up out of the ground. 
and trash gets left behind. All of a sudden, she's surrounded by a bunch of old, clawing, and biting men. I guess she was psychic. Suddenly, some of the punks show up at the mortuary, and Ernie lets them in. And they explain that all the dead people are coming up out of the ground and screaming. Then we get the scene where the EMTs are killed. Amazing. Cut back to the warehouse, and the other two punks are trying to call the cops, but the zombies bust in, so they can't do that. Back at the mortuary, Tina sees Freddy looking rough as Ernie goes with his gun to check on the EMTs. Ernie runs back in the mortuary, locks everything up. More cool music. They find out that the phones are dead, so they have to secure the entire mortuary, nailing doors and windows. Then the classic line from one of the zombies in the ambulance. Okay, all the windows are boarded up, so they head back to the embalming room with Freddie and Frank. So Bert tells them about the chemical, and they realize that Freddie and Frank have rigor mortis setting in, so they all start freaking out. But they hear another ambulance, but the EMTs are toast in a second after they get out of the ambulance. Bye. Uh-oh, something is breaking in, and they try to resecure the window. A zombie grabs Scuzz, the one with the mohawk, and bites his head and kills him. But they keep part of the zombie and tie it up in the embalming room to question it. Well, I don't understand what you want with it, Ernie. I mean, what are we doing with it? I want to examine it. I mean, you make sure it's tied right. It's a big time, right? I mean, I mean, it's not going to get it loose, right? No, it's not going to get loose. You're no stronger than humans. Don't be afraid. I'm busting in the damn head. Man, you sure that thing's tied good? You can hear me. Yes. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Brains only. Yes. Why? The pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. It hurts to be dead. I can feel myself rot. Eating brains. How does that make you feel? It makes the pain go away. Hey, look, man. Fuck this. So here's one thing that's always puzzled me about the deaths. Mostly suicide and scuzz. They had just wounds on their head, and they didn't come back as zombies, even though they were exposed to the chemical rain. Why? I don't know. I've always wanted a zombie suicide. Oh, that sounds terrible. You know what I mean. Anyway. <laughs> Cut to trash being reborn out of the mud, all pale and naked, and then you see her eat a homeless man with her extra-wide mouth. <laughs> Cut back to the embalming room. And Bert suggests locking Freddie and Frank in another room in case they start acting funny. So they lock them in the chapel, and Tina stays locked in with Freddie. She's very loyal, but very stupid. Two policemen show up to investigate the two empty ambulances, and then they become dinner too. So they try to come up with some plans to escape. Back in the chapel, Freddie stops screaming in pain and starts getting hungry. Hungry for brains. And of course, Tina is stuck in there with him. But all the guys come to her rescue, and while they are beating and blinding Freddy with acid, Frank slips out of the chapel, going somewhere, 
but nobody notices. So they all go back to the embalming room, and Ernie slaps Spider as Zombie Freddy starts busting out of the chapel. Ernie breaks his foot, so now he can't run. So Spider and Bert run out to the car, but they get inundated with the dead and can't go back for Tina and Ernie, so they go to get help. But because all the dead are blocking the road, they get stuck back at the warehouse again. Back at the mortuary, Ernie and Tina barricade themselves in the attic of the embalming room as Freddy breaks in looking for them. Cut to one of the saddest parts of this movie. We see Frank firing up the crematorium, kissing his wedding ring, and then getting in and closing the door and screaming. It's sad, but he also had enough sense left to know he was going to be a monster, so he took care of himself. It's a very sad scene, but it's, you know, it proves you can be, you can do the good, right thing. Anyway, cut to the police helicopter and a line of police cars, all of which are eaten almost immediately. <laughs> it was a buffet. In the warehouse, Bert says there's a phone in the basement. The basement that has the tar man and Suicide's body. Though I still think there should be two zombies, but whatever. So they have to figure out how to get down there. So maybe a nice game of baseball. <laughs> They open the door, Bert knocks Tarman's head clean off with a baseball bat, and they get down into the basement to use the phone. So they call the police first, and listen while the police get slaughtered. Oh look, it's trash again. <laughs> so Bert finally calls the number on the side of the barrel, the army, and he talks to the colonel, who's in his monogram PJs. So Bert tells him what's happened up to this point. So the colonel takes down all his information, then he calls someone, maybe the president, maybe a general, he doesn't say. Now, cut to a mobile artillery station, and they aim and fire a nuclear missile. Cut to, boom! Bye-bye, Louisville. And hopefully, bye-bye to all the zombies. But there is a lot of smoke. Eh. Spectacular results, sir. Very close to optimal placement. Well, sir, only 20 square blocks destroyed. Less than 4,000 dead, General. I wouldn't worry about the fires, General. The rain is taking care of that right now. Well, there have been complaints about burning skin, but I shouldn't worry. Uh, minor irritation, General. Uh, the rain will wash everything away. That's correct, sir. All should be back to normal by morning. Yes, sir. I understand the President will visit Louisville tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't want that to happen, sir. No, sir. This hasn't been very pleasant for anyone. Thank you, sir. Good night, sir. And it starts all over again. <laughs> Well, that was Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Okay, so this is, so far in my life, my favorite horror movie ever. I've watched it more than any other horror movie in my collection. I can rewatch it anytime and it's not boring. It's all good. The story, the acting, the soundtrack is amazing. The clothes, the sets, the special effects are great and still hold up after 37 years. Even the flaws of the movie, I don't mind. There is a companion documentary that if you haven't seen it, you should find it and watch it. It's called More Brains, A Return to the Living Dead. You get a good behind-the-scenes look at the making of this iconic movie. So I give Return of the Living Dead a 10 out of 10 rabid weasels. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe so more people see the podcast. Feel free to message me any comments, questions, concerns. All my info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's it for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. I thought you said if we destroyed the brain, it'd die. 
It worked in the movie. Well, it ain't working now. Bring the movies on. Oh, she's 